Emma. And this is Mag. And this is You Don't Wanna Know Podcast. Heck yeah, it is. Yeah, after, like, how long has it been, dude? It's definitely been over a month since I've been at my last place, so I would say, like, maybe six weeks. Mm, That's a long time. I've had so much information, so many things stored in my head that I just want to explode out onto you. My gosh. That sounds really gross. (laughs) I was going to make a sexual comment, but I probably shouldn't. Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, I regret everything I've said so far, so great start. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, oh i'm so like i emma i am so excited to tell you this story to talk about this case like i'm more excited to hear it yeah i have okay so i i want to like tell you what it is but i also don't there's no way that you know about it i don't think you've watched what um like this case has a i think it has like a documentary a tv series um there's like a lot I- of stuff I might have. I might not. Um, because <laughs> I hadn't heard of it. Um, because I, you know, okay, so I just got a new Netflix and I've been watching like crime shows. So it just popped up and I'm like, oh my gosh, guys, have you seen this? And everyone's like, yeah, we saw it like five years ago. Catch up. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, that's embarrassing. Whoops. <laughs> so, a little behind. But they had a second series of a different case. So that might be giving it away saying that. There was a second series of a different case. I'm probably not going to cover it, but I'll talk about it. That was new, so I was up to date on that. So that was good. Um, not totally behind the ages, if you know what I mean. The second case, <laughs> the second case is about this woman who murdered her husband, and I had heard the case before, so I was like, "Oh, cool! Let's like let's watch it." And I watched it, and it painted her out as kind of like the victim. Which is really interesting because the way that I heard the case, she was more like a crazy psycho, psycho like lady who got pushed over the deep end. So I was like, two sides for sure. So um, that's why I was really curious and I wanted to get into this case because I was like, okay, that's her story and that's how I feel about her story because I've heard the whole thing and then I've heard of her like little cut in that TV show. So now let's do the opposite. I've already watched a TV show for this guy. Let's do the deep dive into his information and like get all that stuff. So that's what I did. I got all the information. And you know what I did uh, this uh, Monday? I was doing on Monday. What did you do? I was rewatching the show because I liked it so much. <laughs> I definitely do that. When it's so good, you have to watch it like multiple times just to get it all the information in. No kidding, dude. And I would, honestly, I would say my biggest pet peeve is watching a show or movie based off of a true story, quote unquote, based off of a true story, and then it's totally bogus. One TV or one movie that like I will never get over is The Pursuit of Happiness with Will Smith in it. I'm pretty sure that's what it's called. Let me. That's a good movie. Okay. Um, so it's not a good movie, Emma, actually, correcting you, because it is totally bogus. I watched it in high school, and then after we watched the movie in high school, they're like, okay, so this is the real story of what happened in the movie. Uh, yeah, right? It, it was uh, loosely. I, I would have never known that, because... 
Exactly. I never got the backside of it, like the backstory of it. Exactly. It was loosely based off this guy's story, and I'm saying as loose as can be. Like, maternity clothes. Like, that loose. I don't know. I was, I was trying to make a joke. It didn't... Eh, I don't know. Um, so, in the movie, Will Smith's character uh, is trying to sell these, I think, x-ray machines. Something like that. And he has a son who's, like, four years old. Um, and he tries to get into that internship with the stocks company. And then everything, like, falls apart. He becomes homeless. And he has to, like, find daycare for his son. So he's trying to sell those, like, last couple x-ray machines to make enough money to get him by to finish that internship. When in reality, what happened was his son was actually, like, one or two... Like, he was an infant, like a baby baby. His wife did leave him, but she took the son with him. So he never had the son. He was also never homeless. And he got the son after his internship. So, yeah, I mean, it was hard. Don't get me wrong. That sounds hard. But bogus. Like, don't come at me with all that garbage. That is crazy. We'll talk about the Hollywood story. Yeah. It just... Needing to change it up. Just, it makes me fuming when I hear that stuff. Like, I'm like, oh, that guy's awesome. Like, his story's so cool. And then I'm like, oh, no, it's not. (laughs) You're lying. You you lied to me. Pretty dumb. Yeah, seriously. So that's why I was super excited to dig into this guy's case because I was like, let's find the dirt. And that's a pun. You just don't know it yet. So. Oh, insight. Yeah. So remember that, and then you'll be able to laugh once you hear what it's from. (laughs) Okay. Let's get into it. So, John and Deborah are a couple, or not quite a couple. Actually, you know what? I'm just going to talk about Deborah first. Deborah is a beautiful lady. By all accounts, everyone said that she was absolutely beautiful. Young woman, very wealthy in California. She had her own, like, interior design business. Like, she started it from herself. She was doing a great job. She had some kids. She was living with one of her uh, daughters. So, I know her name. And it's kind of funny. In real life, she doesn't you know what I'm just gonna call her by her real name because there was like a a telling of their story and like she was there so they had her name her name is Jacqueline but they called her Veronica in the show they called her uh, Ronnie so I don't know that why they would do that because they called everyone else I believe by their real name so I don't know why yeah. I wonder why they did that yeah because like I said, I'm pretty sure in the, like, when she was talking, it said, like, uh, Jacqueline, daughter of Deborah. So, I was gonna call her Victoria, but then I was like, or Veronica, whoops, but then I was like, no. Okay, so, um, she felt like she was missing, she had so much in her life. She was stinking rich in California. She had beautiful kids, she actually had grandkids, her mom was alive and well, but she was missing love from a man so yeah so she started dating and this is in um i think this was in 2012 something like that i think it was 2012 i could be no 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 sorry 2014 october 2014 um so she was online dating doing all that stuff and all the dates that she had been going on were just like a total bust it was just like these run-down men, like, not what she was looking for, 
And then one day, she came across a new profile. His name was John. He was a doctor. He was very, very, very handsome. So they started... Yeah, right. Get it, Deb. So they were, like, flirting, hitting it off really well. And he calls her and he's like, hey, I'm off Tuesday. You want to hang? And she's like, oh, yeah, I want to hang. <laughs> I'm sure that's how it went. Yes, I do. Yes, I do, sir. So they met up. He actually came to her apartment and uh, they walked to a bar where she was a regular. They hung out. They hit it off. They had a really, really, really good time. And then they started dating. They went, she had like a, what's it called? Like a convention or she had to do some business in uh, Las Vegas. So he came with, this is two months later. And she was like having a good time. And he goes, you know what? Let's get married. And she's like, okay, let's get married. So they got married. And then unfortunately, so that was 2014. In 2016, they got divorced. Oh, no. Tragic ending. Yeah. So, that's the end of the tale today. Just a quick story. No big deal. No, I'm just kidding. That's <laughs> not the end. I'm going to fill you in on all the details in the middle now. And before our story even begins. So, let's start talking about John. John Meehan. There we go. Was born February 3rd of 1959. His father was William Meehan and his mother was Dolores Bowles. I think that's how you say her name. Uh, he had two sisters, Donna and Karen, uh, and then one brother named Daniel. His father owned a diamond, a diamond wheel casino in San Jose. So, like, that's probably not the best environment to raise a kid. But, I mean, people do it all the time. Uh, his, unfortunately, though, his father was very abusive towards his mother. So, that really sucks. Some would argue his kids, too. Um, in high school, uh, Mihan's, Mihan's father or mother had an affair and this like really, really bothered him. And eventually they got divorced and this like, for some reason, John just felt so angry about this and he like despised his parents after this. Yeah. But she remarried and like started having another family. This made John kind of like gravitate more towards his father. If you didn't realize, uh... I guess I didn't say this yet, but John's father was, like, a really big con man. He liked to do, like, insurance fraud, you know, like, workers' compensation or, like, safety stuff. So, like, he would, I don't know, like, slip and, like, where there's spilled water without a wet sign, you know, and he'd, like, break his leg and then get insurance from it. Those kinds of things. Yeah. Oh, my God. So, that made John... Like, that's what John started doing, and there was actually a point, he was young when this happened, I don't know how young, but they were at a Mexican restaurant, and his dad told him to put glass in his food, so he, like, yeah, he chewed on glass, and then they got insurance from that. Oh, my God, that is absolutely horrid. Like, what kind of parent tells their child to do something like that? Yeah, it's kind of crazy, like, we grew up in such good homes, you know? It's hard to remember that, like, there are crappy people out there that, like, don't love their kids and love money so much that they do anything for it, you know? So then uh, another time, he actually jumped in front of a moving car to get insurance money as well. And he, like, broke his femur from it. And the, your femur is your strongest bone in your whole body, and it's super hard to break. 
So, like, he did, it wasn't, like, a slow-moving car. He was, like, watching the street, and he jumped into it to get hit by a car to get money for his dad. But he, like, loved this lifestyle. He took pride in it. He kind of thought of himself as, like, the James Bond 007. He saw those movies. Like some evil Knievel type. (laughs) Sure. I don't know if it's that, (laughs) like that, but I, I get where you're coming from. Basically. He believed he was related to Albert, and I'm going to butcher this last name, Anastasia. Anastasia? I think that's actually how you pronounce it. Good for me. High five. Self five for me. There we go. Um, <laughs> uh, so Albert was a mobster in the 50s, and um, he ran Monsters, Inc., so he would, like, kill potential witnesses. So And he, like, took pride in thinking that. Like, he didn't... I, he, it wasn't, like proven by any means that that was true but he was like you know what i'm gonna roll with it because i'm a bad boy you know so he like mentioned that and along with the 007 personality like you could kind of see he was really into himself in high school he was like really popular all the women loved him and um he really didn't he didn't have a whole lot of like dreams or aspirations you know he was just learning from his father so he kind of just wanted to con people for the rest of his life but he also loved like the thrill of everything so like college seemed really enticing to him so he started going to college and he actually went to law school and this is my own personal theory i think he went to law school to learn about like certain allegations and suing people and things like that so he could get ahead of those things when he like would falsify injuries and things like that you know to get insurance money so that's just my theory there's no backing of that by any means i just i don't know it seemed like a good idea to me well it seems kind of plausible yeah you never know so he i guess before he went to um college he was went to prospect high school and graduated in 88 he went to dayton school of law uh where his nickname comes in filthy john do you get it because i said we're gonna get the dirt on him hey it's so so funny there is a tv show called dirty john I'm not really sure. I think it might have just sounded better, like Dirty John, better than Filthy John. I don't know. I think it kind of sounds the same. But that's, his nickname was Filthy John in college. And it was because he, first off, like, could entice any woman. He, like, would continuously have women coming in and out. And second, he, like, did everyone dirty. He was so crappy to all of his friends. And in college, he started dealing coke. And... There's one guy he was, like, best friends with for, I think it was four years at that point. He was like, hey, man, I need a bunch of Coke. I don't remember how much it was because I don't know anything about that stuff. But he was like, I need a bunch of bags of Coke. I don't know. And he's like, yeah, you know, I could probably get that for you. His friend was like that. And he's like, this is where I want you to go bring it to. I'll meet you there. So the guy's waiting for John in this room. And all of a sudden, a bunch of agents, like, police officers come in and they arrest everyone and instantly he knew that John had set him up and what happened was John got in trouble for selling coke and he's like what can I do to lessen my punishment and he's like well you can get other people the police officer said that so he ratted out his closest friend 
So that just shows you how dirty he is. Well, that's kind of the name of the game. I'm not really surprised, but that is a pretty crappy thing to do. No kidding. He skipped town the second year, so he only finished one year. Um, No one really knew what happened to him. But uh, one night during that uh, second year, he met this woman in a bar, Tanya Sells. So she was 25 and he told... Okay, so actually scrap that. (laughs) This was not directly after that. This is a little bit after that now that I am rethinking the situation. So she said that uh, she was 25 and he said that he was 26. He was actually 31. So a little different. Oh my God. Yeah. A little different. (laughs) So this is really creepy. Maybe it's just because like hearing it is weird. Maybe like being in the situation would be normal. But they said uh, that he like stopped her on her way to the bathroom and was talking to her and like being really flirty with her. He talked about her scrubs because she was a nurse or she is a nurse. And he was just talking to her about all this stuff. And she didn't give her, give him her number that night. But I think it was like the next day he called the hospital and like met her at the hospital where she works and she gave him her number there, which like, I don't like the bar, like stopping in the bathroom. That might be kind of weird, but the hospital thing, that's like a line that you crossed and went past and like, you can't even see the line anymore. Like it's way, way, way too far. I would get so freaked out. Definitely a little scary. That's for sure. Yeah. But I mean, she was swooning by him apparently because remember he was very handsome i thought i i think he's okay i don't know everyone like all the records say that he was like it he was the cat's pajamas you know (laughs) perfect way to describe it (laughs) yeah another fun fact about their meeting was john called himself jonathan which was not his name his name was john it wasn't short for Jonathan. His name was just John. You like the sophistication of Jonathan. Maybe. Maybe I'm suave. 007. <laughs> the name's Jonathan Meehan. Oh, I said that wrong. His name is... My name's... Meehan. Jonathan Meehan. <laughs> Even though it's not. It's not. Oh, so another fun fact about John is that he would get cards with a fake name... And then he would charge people money for, like, work that he had did or was doing. Like, he would, let's say, like, roof a house, but he wouldn't even finish it. He would just take the money and, like, run, basically. So that's another fun fact about Mr. John over there. That's another reason why that... He was a mega con man. Yeah, no kidding. So he really earned that title, Filthy John. After that meeting... Uh, two years later, which is a good amount of time, different from Deborah, the lady we met in the beginning. So this isn't Deborah, this is Tanya. Just remember that. So two years later, they got married. Very, very nice. So uh, they were talking about the wedding, getting everything ready, and John's like talking to Tanya, and he says, "I want this day to be so perfect. I can't have any of my family members there." My family is full of, like, cheaters and liars and drug addicts, and they're just going to ruin everything. We can't have them there. I don't even want them in my life. If we have a kid, I don't care. You have to promise me you're never going to talk to them because they're just terrible people. Yeah. So it was a small wedding because none of John's family was there. 
Uh, it was mainly just Tanya's family, friends, and some of John's friends. A lot of John's friends didn't know a lot about him, and I think it's because most of his friends were from law school, and he was only there for a year. So when they would, like, tell stories about him, they were super general, you know? Like, probably something along the lines of, like, I remember when we got groceries together and it was a hoot and a half. It's just nothing, <laughs> nothing personal at all. But that didn't really matter to Tanya. Um, they had a wedding tape and she was super excited to watch it after they got married. And that was when she first heard the nickname Filthy John. So she asked him about it and um, he just kind of like brushed it off and didn't really care. Uh, he just like made it seem like nothing, you know, like just a joke, whatever. In the yeah. in the show, they showed him butting into the wedding tape and he was like, I take showers now, it's fine. So I don't know if that was his way of making up for it. I don't know. I don't think that happened in the real wedding video and you can actually find it. So um, she never figured out like the real reason why they called him Filthy John. But Tanya was already a nurse. She was a nurse and, oh boy, this is going to be tough, anesthetist, which is basically like amnesia. So glad I'm re-listening to this. It's anesthesia. Oh my gosh. Like yeah. giving people like, pain, pain uh, management, stuff like that. Um, and he, John was like super fascinated with it. And she's like, okay, is this what you want to do? And he's like, yeah, let's do it. So she literally put him through nursing school. And I kind of wonder if she helped him with some things, like if she might have, like, tweaked some things on his papers or did some Help homework. Him along the way. Yeah, I don't want to say that. I feel bad, but, like, I just, this guy sucks. And I feel like he can't do anything. So that's why I think that. Trying to find every easy way out. Yeah, pretty, pretty much, man. So they had like a really great relationship. They got along so well. They were super happy. They were really established with their lives. They had two little kids. I believe they were both under six years old. And 10 years later, like after they got married, John says, I want to be done. I want a divorce. I'm over it. He was basically done using her. That was it. Wow. Yeah. Wow, that's so fun. Yeah, and this is the saddest part. Tanya goes, I can change. What can I do differently? Or something along those lines of basically saying, like, I can fix myself. I can be whatever you want me to be. So that, like, broke my heart hearing that. Because it's like, that's such a girl thing to say. Like, let me change. Like, no, you are perfect. Do not change yourself. You know? It's a manipulative thing to say. Yeah, seriously. So this, like, broke Tanya completely. So she told her brother, well, I huh? Repeat that. He said, "Well, I bet it would hurt anyone." Yeah, well, p- p- you're not wrong. Yeah, I guess. Um, so she called her brother-in-law, and this was her sister's husband. So um, she called him, like just looking for some kind of comfort. I don't know why exactly, but her brother-in-law had found um, John's mother's information. Because she just literally wanted any kind of answer. So they've been, they've known each other for 12 years, have been married for 10 years. And this is the first time she's going to talk to her mother-in-law. So she calls her mother-in-law and the mother-in-law told her, she was like, his name is not Jonathan, it's John. 
He's not how old, like this is his real age. He's been lying to you. He's actually five years older than what you think, which also is really like kind of crazy to me. I guess I've never seen, I've never asked for anyone's birth certificate, but it's just kind of weird. Like on the on your license, you know, like I feel like I would look at someone's license that I'm dating at some point in our relationship of twelve years, you know. Maybe at some point, yeah, but that probably never crossed her mind because she believed him. Yeah, and plus he's a con man, so he probably had a fake ID, something like that. So she told him, or excuse me, Tanya called the mother, and the mother said, that's not his name, that's not his age, and is he still doing drugs? And Tanya's like, what? Oh my lord. She told him about, or told her about the drug charges, remember the coke? Yeah. And Tanya's like, I have no idea. So this, like, honest to God, I have no idea what I would do. Like, I get freaked out when I make things up in my head. So I can't imagine what would happen if something was really happening, you know? Like, I'd probably just explode. I'd be like, I'm out. Can't deal with this. But Tanya was like... I would definitely... You would definitely what? I would definitely freak out, and I would just, like, I would probably fight the fight or flight mechanism would kick in i would probably just fly away <laughs> you would literally just fly <laughs> in literal just terms fly away. <laughs> the wings would sprout out and you're just like i'm going to heaven i can't deal with you guys anymore <laughs> but tanya decided to be a bad woman that she is and she started looking for the drugs because she had two little babies that she had to take care of. And she was like, this man is not going to be in my house. He's going to be in jail so he can be far away from me and not deal with this. Like, I'm not going to deal with him anymore. And she f- she finds the medication. So I don't think this is true, but in the show, she found them. Sorry, my eczema is just like crazy. Itch, itch, itch. In the show, it was in, like, one of the kids' toys. I don't think that's true. I think that's just to add drama to it. To it. Um, but she reported the drugs to the police almost, like, right away. And he lost his job. He lost his job. Yeah. Well, so he was an anesthetist. So he had um, control of all those drugs. And what they found out, I don't know if I say this later, but what they found out is that he was actually not giving people their medication like the morphine and stuff like that like obviously you can't fake someone getting anesthesia when they go into surgery but like after surgery you're supposed to get medication to help with the pain because you were you literally had hands inside of your body at one point so i feel like that's gonna hurt for a little bit (laughs) so you're a little bit extra recovery time yeah so his job was to give them medication and, like, help with them, like, pain management. And a doctor is actually supposed to watch over that because he is a nurse. I don't know if he got some special kind of um, certification, but he was not... So he didn't have to have a doctor with him, but he was not giving all the medication that they needed. And in the show, it was really tough one of the patients was like, I, I, he didn't give me anything. I'm in so much pain and she's just writhing. And they said that they gave her a saline solution, which is nothing. And he was just pocketing the drugs and just shooting up when he got the chance. So, like I said, he lost his job and he, 
he became really violent and, like, scary, and that's when she received that really scary phone call. Um, and I wish I could find it. I know it's out there. I'm not, I didn't look very hard, but it was, like, he first asked her, like, did you report me to the board or whatever, like, the medical board? And she's like, no, I didn't, because other people had already done that. But she did report him to the police, and he's like, I'm smiling right now, Tanya. You want to know why? And she's like, why? And he's like, just know when it happens that I did it. It's because of me. And she's like, what do you mean? And he's like, I'm going to be on a beach with a 22-year-old. And then she goes, that sounds nice. (laughs) Which I love that she said that. (laughs) Like, she doesn't even care. That's how great it is. Like, if if somebody said that to me, like, if I was married to someone and they're like, I'm going to be with a 22-year-old, I'm going to be like, screw you. I'm beautiful still. Um, I love myself and you should too. Yeah, but no, um, she's like, oh, that sounds nice. And he's like, enjoy your last days on earth. And then she's like, oh my gosh. So she, another like A plus move for her. She's recording all of these phone calls. So she gets a protection order because of that phone call. Because obviously that means she's going to die. He's going to try and kill her. So not great. It's a little scary. Yeah. So he moved to Indiana and he tried to get another job and the people from his old hospital were calling them saying, hey, this dude's coming, watch out. So he just couldn't get a job anywhere. Um, and at one point, a co-worker said that uh, they saw him with a gun at one point and threatened a patient with it, like, to get his medicine or his pills. Psycho. Right? And the worst part, like, the scariest part is that he can, like, hone it in so well. For ten years he did that. And then, like, it just spills out, you know? Talk about being a theatrical genius. Uh, I don't want to call him a genius. Well, for ten years. Evil genius. I don't know. I don't want to call him smart. I don't want to give him any compliments. This guy's awful. So, Dennis Lucan... He was the detective that uh, Tanya had contacted. He was put on the case and he was trying to charge John with all of these, um, like, the drug offenses, like, stealing drugs. And eventually they actually found um, emails going back and forth. This is within 2000, uh, like, the year 2000. It's weird to say the year 2000 without saying, like, 2010, 2015, just the year it sounds like you're going back in time or maybe even forward in time it's the year 2000 you know the song 3000 that's the Jonas Brothers song (laughs) but they lived underwater um (laughs) I remember that song so I can even picture the music video they like go into a couch and that's a time machine I took a trip to the year 3000. I could be wrong. Maybe it is 2000, but I feel like it was made before or after 2000, so. Yeah. Not much has changed, but they lived underwater. There we go. Um. (laughs) (laughs) I love us. That's it. That's it. We could start a band. Girl band. Girl band. (laughs) Lady band. So they found emails of John sending to his uh, brother Daniel 
talking about, like, sending him drugs. So he was sending them to Daniel to sell, and he was going to get the, the money back. But eventually, Daniel actually overdosed that year. Oh, so, Lord. yeah, so this fueled the fire for Lucan to get John, like, that. But it didn't happen like that, obviously, because the story goes on. Um, uh, so in 2001, John meets Margaret. So nice. Still not Deborah. So we got a ways to go. (laughs) On the, uh, so they would, they were dating for three months. And then he's like, I have to go on a business trip to Mexico. You want to come? And she's like, Mexico, I'm in. And she says the first date, the first date was phenomenal. Everything was great. Then the second date came and everything changed. He literally goes and gets drugs and does them in their hotel room. And she's like, this is not the John that I knew yesterday. It's completely different. So obviously, like I said, he must be really good at hiding these things because they were together three months and she never even suspected that he was doing drugs, you know? When, like, I actually knew this guy, um, he... Uh, was a co-worker of mine and he was like a he had like issues with drugs and the day like if he did drugs at night the next day I could tell I literally could tell I I called him out too I was like dude what's going on like you are totally different so it's just crazy to me to think that like he could hide it that well so, um, he, after he did the drugs, he was like, I need to go to the hospital. Take me to the hospital. Because I guess he had, like, really bad back issues. And that's why he said he was doing the drugs. Like, I'm taking this, um, heroin or, <laughs> um. Yeah, as he's, like, shooting it up like a freaking psycho. Um, because my back hurts so bad. I need to go to the hospital. So, Margaret drives him to the hospital, and she's like, okay, drops him off, and drives back. She finds his duffel bag, and, uh, what was it? Oh, she finds, it, like, it spills out, and she finds drugs in there. So, she goes to the police, and she's like, hey, drugs. Not mine. <laughs> what do I do? <laughs> Exhibit A. <laughs> That's all you need to know. <laughs> And I think somehow Lucan gets a hold of this or something like that, and he's like, okay, can you go into his house and try and find, like, his stash? So she steps up, grows a big pair of balls, and goes into his house and looks for drugs. And she says the whole time she's super freaked out, super scared, because she's like, he could come in at any minute. Because John is like a buff dude. He's like super strong, big guy. He's like six. Yeah, he's six too. Um, so that's like pretty intense. But she finds this big stash and they get a search warrant. They find a gun. And they arrested him because he, he was on parole and he's not allowed to have a gun. Because like the whole drug, like stealing drugs, he was on parole. So, he gets arrested. And this is what the judge said. Uh, No, this is what Lycan said. He says, The most dangerous, treacherous, treacherous, devious, deceptive individual I have ever persecuted. Oh my gosh. Yeah, so that was a lot of big words. (laughs) Or like, intelligent words. 
he had denied stealing the drugs and then and then this is the best part so he says no 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 i didn't steal any drugs and then two minutes later he's like but here's how you could do it in hospital if you're curious pretty much so while on bond he literally goes to hospitals and steals more drugs and so he's on bond it's like before he, he gets arrested he's on bond and waiting for his uh, court court date and yeah. he's stealing these drugs and the detective is like worried for tanya's life so the detective is like you and your girls need to hide and hide they did like i can't even imagine what that would be like hearing from a police officer like a police officer is someone that i would feel the most safe with you know so hearing them say like i'm worried about your safety would scare the living daylights out of me so they that'd be kind of scary yeah so they told her to hide she did and so she's hiding and he's still stealing drugs they eventually found him in a hotel a comfort suite in Michigan. The hotel manager was like, hey, this dude's not paying rent. I can't get into his room. So they call the police and they find him like drugged out on the couch or in the bed, wherever. And yeah, in the movie, he was like, I want to kill myself. I just want to kill myself. But he has been doing this for a very long time and he was an an anesthetist so he would be the person who knows how to kill himself like he would know like this is how much you got to take so i think it might have been just him like looking for like looking trying to look like he's doing like he feels bad he feels sympathy or he feels bad for whatever he's doing so um i just paused the podcast for everyone who's listening to make sure that I'm saying anesthetist right because I was really worried and I think I am but I could be wrong don't hate me (laughs) anesthesiologist I don't think that well I think that's a doctor and he's not a doctor anesthesiologist I could be totally wrong though I have no idea don't hate me I'm just doing a podcast this isn't even in my day job (laughs) so uh the police are like, ha, we got you. You going to jail, sucka. Um, they call an ambulance to take care of him because, like, he's high out of his mind. He gets in the ambulance and the police are following him to the hospital. And all of a sudden, he is all better and he jumps out of... John jumps out of the ambulance and he has another med bag full of drugs. And he's running just oh light speed. Gosh. Yeah. So the police are chasing after him. They're like, like, what are you, like, he, what is happening? This guy was just, like, loopy out of his mind, like, five minutes ago, and now he's, like, freaking the Flash running. Manic. Yes. Um, so they follow him into a JCPenney store, and he literally tried to climb an elevator duct. So not, like, an, like, get into an elevator, like, or an elevator shaft, excuse me. He opens the door, like, it's a service elevator, so it's, like, a really big one. He opens the door and is, like, climbing up it. And the police are, like, trying to grab onto him, and he literally decks one of the police officers in the face with his foot. And, um, they finally get him down. He falls from, like, 10 to 12 feet and knocks himself out. Oh my gosh, well, at least he only knocked himself out and didn't kill himself. Yeah, well, I'm sure the police felt differently, and they were like, huh, if only he was dead. So. If only. Yeah, because he's, like, a terrible person. So, he is in... 
he goes back to Ohio because that's where he was for those 10 years in Ohio. He goes back to Ohio for the court sentencing. And in Ohio, where was it? Hold on, I want to say this correctly. In Ohio, they believe that if you complete your treatment um, for like, I think it's just like a rehab center, something like that. And if you complete it, it will be totally wiped from your record. Like he won't get jail time or anything or he'll get like a little jail time and that's it. He'll be rehabilitated, quote unquote. So that's what he does. He completes his program and it's totally wiped from the record. But this is how psycho he is. He gets the court documents and on the search warrant, unfortunately, Margaret, the girl he went to Mexico's name, uh, Mexico with, her name is on that search warrant. So this just fuels a fire in this man. He starts like sending terrifying letters and postcards to Margaret's like saying these awful things and at one point he was literally or she was just like walking in this neighborhood and she's like it was such a nice little community super safe all of a sudden she says she turns around she sees the car coming towards her she jumps out of the way and almost hits her oh my gosh so he's like actively trying to kill this woman well, the crazy thing is, is he had an alibi for that day, so he had somebody else do it, and she had to get surgery on her leg for that. Wow. Yeah. So he just, like, continuously harassed her. Um, so he gets out of jail, and his sister, yeah, so his sister is, like, helping him when he's out of jail, um, but he meets this woman, she just had brain surgery, Okay, I feel like I'm going to say this one wrong. Mary Marilada Anderson. So I'm just going to call her uh, Miss Anderson because I don't want to screw it up. Uh, but she had brain surgery in 2013. So John walks in as she wakes up and he says, I'm your anesthesiologist. You're really cute. Let's go. So they're like really flirty and she's just had brain surgery. So she's not thinking straight. And she's like, I'm from, I think it was Brazil. Hold on. Well, she's from a different country and she is an author. So she has like a bunch of money in that country. And he's like, you know what? I have a bank account that's open right now. You can just wire the money to me and then I'll give it to you. And she's like, what a great idea. You know, like give it to a complete stranger. And this is like thousands of dollars. I think it might've been a million dollars. Oh my gosh. Something crazy. So they, they're like getting it all set up, ready to go. And she says, she's like talking to her friend about this. And she's like, are you stupid? Stop. Do not give him this money. So she cancels it. She's like, oh yeah, I just had my head cut open. I probably shouldn't be making any big decisions like this. So she cancels. Yeah, yeah she cancels that transfer and he sees it and he gets super mad and he starts harassing her saying like this is that was my money you were supposed to give me the money and he's like you need to give me like a hundred thousand dollars and then I'll leave you alone because that was my money it's just something stupid like that so she went to the police yeah so she went to the police and she was like hey this guy's harassing me. I have no idea what to do. He, like, would... I think he broke into her house at one point. But the police, they, like, they couldn't find him at all. 
So she's like, you know, there's a chiropractor that I know he goes to a lot. Maybe you can catch him there. So they did a stakeout at the chiropractic appointment in Palm Desert. And they were they weren't there for very long, but they actually like caught him during that time. And the police officer kept saying, like, I badged him, I badged him. I think that means like she was undercover and she's like, Hey, I'm a police officer, here's my badge, you're under arrest. But um the police officer, she badged him and in his car they found this thing for a trailer park I believe is what it was uh so they went to the trailer park they broke in and they found all this stuff they found it was like they they described it as like a scene from Breaking Bad so it was like just a trap house of a trailer junk everywhere but then there was one like super duper nice Mac computer like pristine Versus, like, all this garbage and dirt everywhere, and then the computer is just, like, perfect. And they looked on the computer, and they found all these little files. I don't even think they were files. I think they were just, like, papers um, all over his computer desktop, and they were just different women that he was scamming and harassing. Oh, my gosh. That's terrible. Yeah, and it was just all this information about them and, like, the stuff he was getting out of them just so much information. It was terrifying. And I have a theory about that, but just remember that, that he had all their information on there. So the reason he got a trailer, like somehow, cause like he's not working or doing anything. He's just scamming women. He got a trailer because his wonderful sister, uh, from the beginning, let me see. I want to make sure I say it was Donna in the show. They call her Denise, but her name was Donna. She helped him when he got out of jail she had offered to let him stay at her house and sorry i thought i was gonna sneeze that was really weird um and after a while he's like this is not working out for me so she's like okay i have a trailer you can live in the trailer so he stayed in the trailer for a while and eventually he put the trailer under her name under his name somehow i don't know how you could do that but so it was technically his trailer So, she went over to confront him because one of her lawyer friends came up to her and was like, hey, I need to talk to you about your brother. So, one night, he was waiting out at a bar, and he was waiting for a car to pull out, and, like, he was waiting for them to, like, drunk drive, like, be tipsy and drive, and he was waiting for them to come and hit his car. Because his sister not only gave him the trailer, she also gave him credit cards and a truck all hers because she wanted to help him because she thought he was a good person so he used her truck to get hit by a car so he could get the settlement money wow when i say mega con man i mean super mega con man holy cow i have never heard of a character worse than frank gallagher oh wait because there's another step to that story the Gosh. reason why this lawyer friend was coming to talk to his to Donna, the sister, was because now John was going back at him and trying to sue him, saying he didn't do a good job with his case. So that's another step to the con, to get even more money. Oh my god, he's ridiculous. Yeah, so he's like, just so you know... John says that that trailer is under his name, not yours. So the sister goes over and she's like, why are you telling people that that's your trailer? This is my trailer. I'm being nice and I'm letting you stay here. I'm doing all this stuff. And he's like, 
how dare you come and talk to me like that? Like, get out. Like, if you come back here, you're going to regret it. And he says, you're my new project. <gasps> to his sister. What yeah. a psychopath. So luckily his sister is really smart and she, like, got ahead of it and went to court with him. And she actually won saying that, like, John was doing all this these terrible things. And he, he like, owed her a bunch of money. And obviously she knew, like, he was never going to pay it. And she said... I didn't do this for the money. I do it so he would, I did it so he would leave me alone because he was like balls to the wall, like just crazy on her, like harassing her. And from this experience, it reminded her of how when their dad died a long time ago, or I don't know how long ago it was, um, she was staying in the hospital with him a lot and John shows up And he's like, hey, you go get some food. I'll take care of him. I'll watch him. She's just like, cool, cool. I'll grab food. She comes back and the dad is dead. So she believes that John killed his dad when he, when she was gone. Because she kept saying, they said that he had time. They said he was sticking it out for a while. He was okay. But then she's gone for five minutes and he's dead. So that's not, that's not great. So, back to the trailer. Um, they found that computer, and they also had, like, a storage unit for some reason. I couldn't really figure out why they went into this place, but they knew it was his. So, they broke in, and they found, just like the trailer, just trash everywhere, and they found um, a fridge. So, they open the fridge. They find a backpack. And in the backpack... Okay. So, in the fridge, it was, like, a kill kit. There was, like, gloves and knives and all this stuff. I think there was a gun and, like, saline pills. So they had all this stuff, and it literally looked like a kill kit. Like, he could murder someone with that. He just put it on his back and find someone and kill them. So it was very, very scary. But he only got two years somehow from that. They, like, tried him. Uh, oh, the reason why was because Miss Anderson, she was so scared of him that she left. She went back to her home country. And they didn't have, like, anyone to go against him. They just had these things that they found. So he got two years, and, of course... He already got time served and which means like you're waiting for your trial in jail. So for the time that you wait, that goes towards your sentence. So like if you're in jail for a year and your sentence is a year and a half, you only have to spend six more months in jail. Um, Wow, that's so dumb. And he only got sentenced two years. That's so dumb. Well, not only that, he got time off for good behavior too. So he got even less time in jail. Um, Oh gosh. So... He got out of jail and he went back to that trailer and two days, I'll say it again, two days after he got out of jail, that was the day that he went out with Deborah, the lady from the beginning. Wow. He was on to the next girl. Two days out of jail. So that's great. They really never learn. Oh, here's my Deborah, or here's my information about her. Okay, that makes more sense. Okay, next page. More information! Okay. So, it was October 8th, he got out of prison. And then, he goes on the date with Deborah. So, like I said, Deborah has gone on many dates, and they've all sucked so bad. So, she was super excited because... The date went super well with John. He was really funny. He seemed really interested in her. He was really handsome. They go back to her apartment. I guess her daughter had already left at that point. And they get, like, 
getting a little heated and she's like stop hammer time no uh she's she's like i need i need to cool down like i don't want to do this so she is in the bathroom and then all of a sudden she hears like a poof and she looks over and he's laying in her bed and he's like this is so comfortable this is so nice and she's like um i thought we were just gonna like not be in here like i came to cool down i don't want to be in my bedroom like let's stay in the living room and he's like but this is so yeah he's like this is so comfortable like i don't want to leave and she's like i would really appreciate it if you would get off of my just burp yeah (laughs) um but she's just like okay you should go because he wasn't getting off of her bed he was like okay fine after like a really long time of like telling him to leave he finally left um, so she's like, well, that sucks. Like, I actually kind of liked him. We had a lot of fun, but he didn't turn out to work well. So let's just move on. Well, the next day he calls her and he apologizes and he's like, you're the real deal. And I'm so sorry. I screwed it up. I just don't know. Like, I've never had someone so great as you. So I just got nervous and I ruined it. Some smooth talking, basically, you know, classic. So, she gives him another chance. They're dating. Uh, he spends the night a couple times. And her daughter hates him. From the moment she opened the door and saw him. Hated him. Right away. So, she hates that he's staying there. Absolutely hates it. Yeah. Eventually, like I said in the beginning, Deborah has, like, a business trip in Las Vegas. And she invites him to go with. And that's when they get married. Well, this is the really messed up part. They didn't tell anyone they got married. And her daughter, Tara, not not Jacqueline, Tara, lives in Las Vegas. So she got married knowing that her daughter was probably like 30 minutes away and she didn't even tell her. Wow, that's kind of sad. Well, it just shows that like no one liked him and she knew that, but she loved him. So that's all that matters. Anyways, yeah. Yeah. So, um, in November, they moved into a rental home in Newport, California. But everything was put in her name. So, right now, Deborah thinks that he's a doctor. That, so, that he has, like, a great job. He has a couple different, like, rental properties around California. But uh, she also thinks... She also knows about, like, the divorce with Tanya from Ohio and the two kids. But he's painting her as a cheater and like a liar and she took custody of the kids he could never see the kids anymore but he's paying so much on child support so his taxes are super messed up so that's why nothing can go in his name so he her name is on the lease not his wow yeah so that sucks but he is just such a smooth talker that he's making this all make sense to her you know, um, so she's like, okay, like, it makes sense. I guess I'll put everything in my name. Plus, she's filthy rich. She's got a lot of money, so she can do that. Of course. Which, like, can't relate. <laughs> I probably never will be able to. Same. <laughs> <laughs> oh, lost my place. Hold on. So, um, for Thanksgiving, Tara, that's the youngest sister, she is invited to stay at, um, her mom's house. So no one knows that they moved in together and no one knows that they're even married. So Tara hangs out with her sister beforehand and her sister's like, hey, why don't you do some snooping and like see what's going on? 
So Tara goes around and she finds this nursing certificate in the mom's house with, it's like John Meehan's, or Meehan's uh, nursing certificate. And her mom walks in and she's like, what are you doing? And she's like, so this guy isn't a doctor. He's a nurse. Or is he a doctor and a nurse? Like, what is it? And John comes in and he's like, who said you can go through my stuff? And he just freaks out. And so her kids are a little bratty. But I think that's just, like, the way, like, the mom raised them, you know? Like, that just happens, you know? And it seemed like the mom was okay with it. So I'm not going to hate on them for the way she raised her kids, you know? But she was just totally ignoring John, trying to talk to her mom, say, like, you're going to let him talk to me like that? I'm not talking to you. Like, mom, tell me what's going on. And he goes, when I talked to my parents, I got smacked or something like that. And this girl's fully grown. Like, she is in her 20s. She's an adult. You don't smack your 20-year-old kid, you know? No. No. Who says that to an adult? Yeah. So she's like, you're really going to let him talk to me like that, mom? And her mom's like, I don't want this kind of, like, tension or vibes in my house. So she basically gets kicked out and has to find a new place to spend Thanksgiving with her dog and her boyfriend. It's terrible. terrible. Yeah. So she stays with her sister again because I didn't explain this, but I told you how she used to live with her mom, well, or Jacqueline used to live with her mom, and then the mom got the new rental property with John. So Jacqueline's still living in that old place. So Tara goes and stays there, and she has to sneak the dog in, in, like, boxes, because animals aren't allowed. So that's just terrible. I felt so bad. That's so sad. Yeah, so December rolls around, and they spend Christmas together again. I may have jumped the gun a little bit. So, they moved into the rental property. They hadn't gotten married yet. In December, they got married. In December, she has that Las Vegas showing, or whatever, conference. So, John comes with, and that's when they get married. And that's... Las Vegas is where Tara is. So, she didn't even tell her daughter, who lived within 30 minutes, that she got married and didn't invite her to the wedding. It was just her and John. So they went to Christmas. They didn't tell anyone at all. John's meeting, like, everyone in the family and everyone's hating him, except this one kid, which is Deborah's nephew, Bobby. Now, this is, like, a pretty crazy story. Bobby's mom, so this is Deborah, her sister, she was killed by her own husband. Yeah, they married super young. Yeah, they married super young. Bobby was probably like between seven and ten years old when um, this happened but the mom wanted a divorce and the dad just couldn't understand why and he shot her and he shot himself she shot he shot her in the back of the head and then he shot himself in the stomach but he survived this is the crazy twist this is a crazy twist though the mom testified in behalf of the son-in-law yeah crazy right she said that, oh, that is she said that he wasn't in his right mind that he was like <gasps> no why would you try and like back that up? oh my I don't gosh know. but she says like she specifically said I hate what you did this is the worst thing that you've ever done but I still love you <gasps> wow that's a lot I mean you're kind of crazy to say that about a murderer yeah So, they actually stayed in touch. Bobby, like I said, he met John, and everything was cool until 
Bobby started to get suspicious and he started talking to the daughters and he was like, this guy's not right. They did digging on their own and they found that John was lying, obviously, because John also was saying that he was from, he did, he went to Iraq and like he had scars all over his body and that was from shrapnel, like from a fire or from a shooting and all this stuff. And like he was in a Humvee and the Humvee got shot and the driver died, but he survived. It was just like this crazy story. And he found out he was never in Iraq. So he tried to go and confront Deborah, and he got John instead. And John was like, I have it in in this house. This is my house. I'm married to Deborah. I'm her husband. You have no in anymore. And no one knew that they were married. So Bobby's like, you are married? Please tell me that's a joke. And he's like, nope, this is real. Oh, my gosh. Like, yeah. He was the first person to know. Yeah, basically. So everyone just freaks out and everyone knows that he's lying. So everyone's coming up to the mom saying, like, why did you marry this guy after dating for two months? You don't even know him. You, This is ridiculous. You're supposed to be an adult. Well, the thing about Deborah is that she has been married four times already. So she kind of has, she just has, like, a past and likes to, she just jumps in, basically. So she's not super cautious. And she feels bad. So this just, like, freaks everyone out. John, at this point, is like, we need to get security for the house uh, because I've heard some break-ins or something like that. So she gets security for the house. She gets a bunch of cameras. And while that's happening... Jacqueline, the older daughter, she's like, hey, I don't trust this guy. I'm going to put a tracker on the car. So she's tracking his car this whole time. And while she's doing that, he's saying, I'm going to work. I'm going to hospital. I'm going to be in surgery all day. He's never like in a hospital long enough to be in a surgery. He's going from hospital to hospital to hospital. He's literally just trying to scam the hospital to get medication because he's a drug addict. Wow, crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so she is kind of being, or Deborah is kind of being isolated from her family, and it's, like, really hurting her. She literally has to sneak around to see her daughters because John doesn't want her to see them. And one day, she's going out to get mail, and then she sees that John gets a letter from this prison inmate. And she's like, what is this? And she opens it, and it's like, hey glad that you're out, glad to hear that you're married and that you're making a good life, something like that. And John comes like storming out and he's like, what are you doing with my mail? It is a federal offense to open my mail. How could you? And this is her husband. And she's like, what's, what's happening? And he just explodes and he goes, well, if you must know, I send care packages to prisoners, blah, blah, blah. And Deborah goes, Oh, that's so nice. (laughs) Instead of thinking like, instead of thinking like, hmm, that's kind of weird. What is a busy doctor doing spending time with prisoners to find out if they deserve care packages, you know? Yeah. Um, so I don't know what day this is. I think it's in, oh, okay. So in March, Deborah finds these papers and they're about past women. So you know how he had all those files in the computer now he has physical paper copies of all these women and she even has like his phone 
and she like she finds all this information out. Well, that night, John gets a bowel in, in um, obstruction, so basically he can't poop. All of his poop's building up in his intestines, and he's in like a crazy amount of pain. And he's actually supposed to go into back surgery really soon, so it's like they um, bring him in, and he's just like lying on the ground, super in crazy amount of pain. So they bring him in. That Deborah's like, okay, this is my chance to leave because she has his phone. She sees that he's talking to all these women. She takes pictures to get evidence and then she goes into hiding because she's like, not interested. This guy's cheating on me. This is so scary. And I, I believe. Who wants to be involved in that? Yeah, no one. So she tells John what she had found and she's like, okay, I'm out. Like, not interested in what you have for me. And he starts sending her these, like, nasty text messages, just terrible things, threatening things, uh, just calling her all the names of the books, just terrible. That's ridiculous. He's such a, like, a narcissist and just a complete, like, manipulator. Yeah, exactly. So, in June, he just flips the coin and he's like, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean any of it. I was just super drugged out. I don't know what was happening. I didn't mean any of it. And he, he like, he says he was on drugs, like I said, and she believes everything he said. He gave just all these reasons and excuses to why that, like, those things are there. And she went back to him. So she, like, went through all that, went, went into hiding, and then she's like, just kidding. Let's be happy again. Wow. Yeah, it's terrible. So. So, again, he wouldn't let her see her kids at all, and this time it was even more intense. So, this was June of 2015. Or, no, no, no. Yes, sorry, I'm just thinking about it. So, this was June of 2015. He just isolates the crap out of her, and she is basically just going to work and going back to him, going to work and going back to him. And he's, like, monitoring everything. He has those cameras up so he can see her every move. How toxic. That's ridiculous. Well, she doesn't know that it's happening. You know, he's super sneaky about it. So he'd, he, she thinks like things aren't too bad. Well, then a year later in June 2016, she left him again. I'm not really exactly sure why, like what prompted her to do that. Maybe she found that he was doing drugs again in the movie or in the TV show. He said he was going to get clean, but he was still doing drugs and she's just really scared of him. So she left. So I don't know if she found out that he was doing drugs again or what. But as she was, like, packing her stuff, he says, he's like, why are you leaving? And she's like, I want a divorce. I'm leaving you. So then, as soon as she says that, just the real John comes out and he goes, hit me and I promise you'll never get up again. So basically, hit me and I'm going to kill you. That is so terrifying. I would literally just, I don't even know what I would do. No. I Call the police. I pray to God that I'll never get into that situation. But the thing is about, okay, so John is a narcissist. I probably shouldn't be diagnosing because I'm not a psychologist in any way, but being a normal person and making judgment, he's a narcissist. He's obsessed with himself. He thinks he can get away with anything. And the thing about narcissists is that they seek out these other people that I don't want to call them like weak but I guess they're more trusting. But in a sense, they're weak. They're naive. They they're can't naive. Read the sign. They don't know what's happening. Yeah, they're naive. They want to love, and 
the narcissists just prey on those people and they suck the lives out of them. And unfortunately, that's what Deborah was or is. She just, she wanted to love him so bad. She was looking past all these things that, that people were saying and she was even seeing. So for two years, like she just was okay with all this stuff. But then, like I said, she left. She went into hiding again. And again, he was sending her threatening text messages. She tried to get a restraining order, but for some reason she couldn't. It didn't go into detail why. In the movie, it said because um, she said, or the lawyer said that she was afraid of John. But then she went around and, like, met up with him one more time to say, like, I'll give you all this money if you just leave me alone. And he said no. So, I don't know why the restraining order got thrown out. Another reason why I think, yeah, another reason why I think it could potentially be is because it's California, so there's probably a lot of creepy people out there, you know, versus, like, in Wisconsin, I could probably get a restraining order super quick because there's not a lot of those, like, being thrown around, you know? Yeah, maybe there's really just guidelines and specific rules that they have to follow in order to give a restraining order, so. Yeah. Probably why. So this is the crazy thing. In June, so that same month that she left him, she has a car. It's a drag Jaguar. She parked it outside of her work. He came while she was working, picked it up, took it, parked it, and then started it on fire. Oh my gosh. Yeah. But... Oh, very destructive. That's great. Just trying to destroy everything in her life. But he's really stupid because he lit it on fire on the interior and then closed the door so that the fire choked itself out because fire needs oxygen to burn. So it wasn't like a crazy (laughs) huge fire, but there was fire damage on the inside. So that was June. They knew that he was like stalking her. They were trying to, he was trying to find them. And the thing about John is that when he was younger, his dad said, if anyone goes against you, you hit or hits you or something like that. You hit them back with a stick, but you go for their family. So. Wow. That's kind of, that gives me goosebumps. So in August 20th of 2016, her daughter Tara is going to a concert. Her daughter Tara is a dog groomer. She, I think she was a professional dog groomer. Um, She was working that day and she was going to go to a concert after work. So... Uh, she has to go back home to get her bag and then she was going to pick her friend up. So she's driving back home to her apartment. She's got her like dog boots on. She's looking really cute, like doing the thing, hustling, you know. She drives into a, an apartment complex or, or her parking garage and she sees this guy like ruffling around in the trunk of his car with a tire iron. Like she's not thinking anything of it. She parks her car. She grabs her bag. She gets her dog out of the back seat, and all of a sudden a guy grabs her from behind and says do you remember me? Can you guess who it was? It was Jonathan. No, Jonathan does not exist. (laughs) It was John. (laughs) Fake Jonathan. Um, He looks her in the eyes and says, do you remember me? And he has a knife. So he starts trying to stab Tara. But luckily... Oh my god. So Tara is 5'2". John is 6'2". But this lady wasn't going to go down easy. And you want to know why? Because she watched The Walking Dead. Oh, heck yeah. She knew how to take him. Yeah, and she believed, or I don't know if she believed in it, but she, like, thought about the zombie apocalypse a lot. 
and she was just kind of like obsessed with it like she really liked the idea of or not the idea of it but maybe she found it entertaining so she knew like with a zombie it's kill or be killed so her instincts shot out she got a big slash on her forearm but most of the blows were taken um to her purse she fell down on her back and started scissor kicking him and eventually one of those oh my god yeah eventually one of those kicks hit the knife and the knife fell out of his hand to the right side of Tara where she could just grab it and they called it like the ice pick grip or something like that and she started stabbing him two final stabs two final stabs one to the forehead and then the final stab into his eye to the brain oh my god to kill the zombie really going yeah well i mean imagine like getting attacked and then being able to fight back you just want to kaputs like just be done with him you know yeah she was a tiny little lady too Mm-hmm. so this girl who's a foot shorter than this dude and if you look up pictures of him he's like a muscular dude yeah. he, one foot. she gets him she gets him down and she's freaking out there's blood everywhere and people are calling the police and one girl actually runs out to like say like are you okay and they call the police, uh, or the police come, and they take her to the hospital, and they take John to the hospital. The mom comes, and she has to identify John's body, and he, they said, I think it wasn't, they said it wasn't a vegetative state, but, I, like, it was brain dead or something like that, where, like, if yeah. they took him off life support, he wouldn't be able to breathe on his own. So, yeah, that's a vegetative state. Well, they said it wasn't. I think a vegetative oh. state is when, like, you can breathe on your own, but, like, you can't have any activity versus brain dead is where you can't do anything. Like, you're technically still alive, but your brain doesn't work. I don't really know. That's true. So, Deborah's like, I'm not taking responsibility for him. You have to call someone else. So, they call this his sister, and his sister says to pull a plug. But now... So that's the end of John Meehan in August of 2016. He passed away. Holy cow. This man really did live a rambunctious life. Yeah. So now... So now, the mom, which I commend her for this, she wanted to get her story out there to make sure that this never happened again and people were more aware of these awful situations that could happen. Tara, the bad lady that she is um is like an inspirational speaker who like tries to tell people like all these warning signs for abusive men and like um ways to protect yourself if you get attacked like all this crazy cool stuff um then Jacqueline she just kind of stays under the radar she doesn't really want people to know her identity but then I heard she was famous somehow so I don't know I wonder why but that is the end of Dirty John. I highly, highly, highly recommend you watching Dirty John on Netflix, though. It was so good. So good, in fact, that I rewatched it again. No shame. I'm definitely, I'm definitely gonna go watch it right now. Okay. And the next story, the season two, is Betty Broderick. I don't know if I want to cover her case. I could. If you want to hear me talk about it, you just let me know. I can totally do it. But 
next time we record, I am so pumped because I have a great idea. Heck yeah. And I'm not going to tell you what it is. Oh, surprise, surprise. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, if you want to know any more information about John, Google it, I guess. But if you want to see, <laughs> that's not what I wanted to go, but I was just, I like, you know, when you start a sentence, you're like, that's not what I wanted to say, but I need to finish the sentence. That's what just happened. <laughs> um, but if you want to see pictures of the case, if you want to see Dirty John himself with the stinky lines coming off his body, just go to YDWK podcast on Instagram. If you have any case suggestions or if you have a story you would like to tell us, you can email us at ydwkpodcast at gmail.com I feel like I feel like that's all the things I have if you stuck around this long that's awesome and I love you and I want to meet you and I want to shake your hand just kidding don't do that but you're cool I love you you. thanks for sticking around and don't (laughs) don't be dirty okay guys don't be this dirty This has been another episode on the You Don't Wanna Know Podcast. You don't wanna know. Bye.